This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage cloud. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirt. That's not bad, sir. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It's your favorite time of the week, and it's time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. I noticed you said favorite time of the week, and that's true because we're in two different days right now, aren't we? Yes, I'm in the few. I'm calling from the future. I am. It is for me. It is two ten a.m. and I am in London, England. So I. It is so for me. It is tomorrow. <laughs> and and oh. Kurt and I are recording at what is nine ten p.m. his time on the East Coast and uh, six ten p.m. for me on the West Coast here in the U.S. Well, Jeannie told me you're not supposed to. Time travel. Well, right. We hmm. uh, I, uh, uh, are we already getting into this? Uh, well, it, the, the opening the, was there. The, the the rules of this movie were that it were, so confusing. That, because they always changed. There were there were rules. There they would say a rule and then but eh, the rule doesn't really apply. Then why are there rules? Take it back. Like it, we're talking about Genie, this uh, peacock movie starring Melissa McCarthy. That wasn't without its charms, but was chaotic. It was very chaotic. I do have to say, so um, I watched this movie. So I had a two-hour layover. Um, so for listeners, for those of you who don't know, my, hus- my husband is British. And so we come to the UK every Christmas, which th- if you think about it, and if you've been listening um, for the past three or four years, this is my annual call in the middle of the night from, <laughs> from the, lobby. the UK or Europe episode. And it happens every year. And so I actually watched Genie on my two and a half hour layover in Seattle. So on the upside, it was a wonderful way to spend a layover. And it was very entertaining. Like I said, not not without its charms. It just, I felt like tonally the movie was all over the place. And I felt like they couldn't, they couldn't make up their mind what kind of genie movie they were going to make. I agree. I agree. And a vehicle for Melissa Melissa McCarthy, she could probably do a little better as far as vehicles go she's done worse though too like she was very winning in this she was very likable uh very funny like i i did laugh out loud several times throughout this movie but i i i think i've even mentioned on this show before i i know that this is sacrilegious to say this especially at this time of year but uh i do not like the movie love actually and this was written by Richard Curtis, who wrote Love Actually and directed Love Actually. Oh, yeah. He didn't direct yeah, this, I... but he wrote it. And then, okay, so then I have a bunch of, and I have a bunch of questions who that we'll get into as well. Like, for example, they're in New York, mm-hmm. and they didn't explain why there was a family of British people living in New York. I actually was okay with that not necessarily needing an explanation because it didn't really matter to the plot. That now, mind you, I'm married to someone who is from the UK, so I am married to a British person in America, so it's not like it's uncommon. But when his whole family ended up there, I would have loved even just a little throwaway of how they all ended up there. I have a theory about that family scene that I, I will get to later in the oh. podcast but I'll, I'll a little breadcrumb here is that you said a good a good vehicle for melissa mccarthy i have a theory that this is conceived as a vehicle for somebody else huh. also 
you want to hear something interesting? So here, and, you know, we took the tube and um, there are posters for this movie all over town. So I don't know if they get Peacock here, but this movie they probably here get being, They probably get Stan. I believe it's called okay, Stan it's over being, there, yeah. Because it's oh. getting a lot of promotion here, and I've seen several billboards, and there was a, a billboard in the tube about it, so it's getting a lot of push here. So we're riding a lightning rod. I guess. Yes. yes. It's a, well, it's a, it's a, a try-to-be-feel-good holiday comedy. It's family-friendly. It's got a big star, Melissa McCarthy. You know, I, I was you happy worse. that Mark Maron, was, I, I'm a Mark Maron mm-hmm. fan. I was happy that Mark Maron had a, a decent part in oh, this. Oh, yeah. had a really good supporting, yeah. uh, supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Peggy big Mark from Maron the fan. Gilded Age. I'm a fan of... Uh, Louise Guzman too. He was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Alan anyway, or Alan Cumming well, rather. I, yeah, Alan, Alan Cumming. Cumming. Yeah. yeah. So the supporting cast was excellent, but I think that she can. I think that she can get good. Like with the Melissa McCarthy movie, she can get a good supporting cast. Yeah, I guess so. This movie, I, I. I, I well, it sounds like I'm truly tearing it down. I didn't hate it. I just felt like it needed another two passes at the script, and right. it needed it needed a an editor, a better editor, yes. to sort of to shape the story a little bit better and leave stuff out that wasn't necessary in the movie. Well, before we start talking about this movie, someone who never needs to be edited, Kurt. Do you have any Angela Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Put a light on the Black China news this week, but here is something from uh, just a few days ago. This is from CBS News. Oh. Um, it says Angela Black China White Java Jamie. She was on a, <laughs> the uh, Java with Jamie show. Most of the world knows Black China as a model, TV personality, and socialite, but now she wants to be known for her authentic self. She's starting by switching back to her real name, Angela White, and this week's Java with Jamie, White Dishes on her self-transformation journey and newest business ventures. White talked about a new salon she opened in Encino called Hearts Pure and hopes her story will inspire other women to feel comfortable in their own skin. She is also focusing on the positive relationships in her life, including her boyfriend, Derek Milan, who is a five-time Grammy Award winner. The 35-year-old recently marked her first full year of being sober after being baptized and said spirituality has become a focus in her life and she believes it led to her romance with Milan. It's a beautiful thing. I feel like God is putting people in my life that is going to help me continue to stay on the right path. And that's really what it's about, said White. White continued to say she wants people in her life that will uplift her and hold her accountable. Any advice for other women who may be struggling right now? Well, the biggest thing is we hold ourselves accountable. Nobody can tell you what to do as an adult. You should know what is right and what is wrong and start taking accountability for your actions, White said. And that's it. That's our year-end kind of story. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's good. It's very touching. She knows the meaning of Christmas. Way to go, White. <laughs> yeah, way to go. I wonder what she was wearing. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I just X'd it out. A see. festive but, frock? Yeah, right. no, CBS News gets right down to business. I think that seemed to be a, almost, like a, tr- almost like a transcript of, I guess, <laughs> her appearance on that show. But well, a good yeah. overview of where we're at with Black China these days. Well, I'm hoping for many, many outfits in the new year yes we need other more news like that story years uh, some some time ago when she was screaming at people in, in an airport we just don't see this kind of black china stories no, anymore no nope. it's a new black china nope. she's a changed woman <laughs> we're, and we're here for it yeah all right let's let's talk about genie genie so we see, we see New York. We see a British black man who's very busy. It felt very Hallmark out of the gate. It really did. By like, the way, this movie was on, for those of you who don't know, this movie was on Peacock. Yeah. 
in the U.S. But it, but, but it was very Hallmark-esque because he started out like uh, like every Hallmark heroine. He was very busy. Yeah, but this had more of a budget than Hallmark does because it, it, it yes. clearly was conceived as a feature film. It was from Universal. Yes. Um, and he's riding a scooter, which I thought that's very brave to be driving through New York in a scooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we we see him. He's looking over plans. Very very busy. Jason, are you still there? We lost you. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, my camera went out. There I am. Oh, okay. That's weird. But. So we see him. He's looking over plans. So what was he exactly? It was an auction house, right? Yeah, which is a very Hallmark job. It's yeah. a Hallmark Channel job that, like, um, Lacey Chabert has in, in several movies. Right. Sammy, Sammy had a few auction house jobs, I think, mm-hmm. on the, the, the wedding veil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they love to deal in antiques. Yes. And here it kind of played a role in how we get a genie. They right. don't deal with it much. Because right. that's right, because they go through they go through his house and we see like a, a, a box. Yeah, like a glowing jewelry box. Just like shoved in the corner. Yeah. And then and then it's it's cause it starts so the movie starts off during the day, like when he's going to work. And then all of a sudden we're in the evening and he's leaving work with the teddy bear. It's his daughter's birthday. We, we, we find, we find out his name is Bernard. Yeah. His wife's been texting him too, saying like, Hey, don't forget the, our daughter's ice skating party. Hey, are you on your way? Where are you? Right. And so as he's leaving his boss, Alan Cumming shows up with a client. And 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 Alan Cumming, with a very good American accent, by the way, um, tells uh, tells Bernard to show the client the some collection, the, the collection. Yeah, so, and this is at like he, almost seven o'clock at night, right? So he goes up and he shows that he shows the collection. And then when we cut back to him, it's hours later. Um, and he's missed his daughter's birthday. He's getting pissed messages from his wife. He missed um, Thanksgiving he, too. Oh, that's right. Cause he missed Thanksgiving as well. What, what so art buyers goes, are like, no, I need, I need to see this collection and I need to do it while everyone else is watching football and eating Turkey. Right. And also keep in mind that she's mad at him because he has a job. <laughs> Fair. Fair. True. True. So, so I, th- I do think her. one of the biggest problems with this movie is that they make the lead, Bernard, they make him too nice and affable Bernard. where you don't believe that he would deliberately do things like miss his daughter's birthday. Right. Yeah. And, and he's genuinely sorry about it, too. That's yeah. the thing. He genuinely feels bad. Um, and, and so he goes home, his wife, you know, and you know you're in trouble when you go home and there's not a peep in the house. Mm-hmm. As a married person, that's where you know you're in trouble, when there's not a noise to be had and you know your spouse is at home. Really? Yes. Oh yeah. What do you usually? What do you usually hear? Like uh, the like the the, the uh, radio is on, or or, or like there's nothing. There's nothing. All that stuff is off. Yeah. All electronics yeah. are off. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they're just sitting there waiting for you in the oh. living room. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. And she was sitting, not only was she sitting there waiting, she was sitting there waiting in the living room with that kid. So he was an extra trouble. No, 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 she wasn't. She was in the, the kid was like asleep and she was in the room, like taking off her earrings or whatever, basically getting ready for bed because she even kind of said, oh, should we wake her so you can wish her a happy birthday? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. 
because I was writing, I was taking notes at this point because it was Peggy. It was Peggy from the Gilded Age. Do you guys watch the Gilded Age? No. No. Uh, well, it's kind of like the American Downton Abbey that's on, it's on Max right now. It's very Max, good. Yeah. With Christine Baranski. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, I work with both Christine Baranski and Alan Cumming on The Good Wife. Actually, Kurt, I'm surprised you haven't worked on The Gilded Age. Well, I haven't worked as an extra in almost four years. Oh, okay. Because they have like a lot of extras on The Gilded Age. Like a lot. And it's set in New York. Yes. Well, um, watching this movie, I was, I was grateful I wasn't working on this movie. <laughs> it looks like a pain in the ass to be outside in the winter. But they had good crowd services, though. Uh, we don't know that. Well, it was a universal movie, though. Or does that matter? Sometimes it matters. You're usually like a big studio, big star. If you've got a decent budget, the craft services is usually good. Well, usually the advantage of like a of a movie like that is they might be more apt to to go into overtime. Uh-huh. So that could happen more than like a TV series. Yeah. So you can. That's the advantage there. Oh, so now this next part, I don't blame Peggy for getting pissed. Because they were like, you know, Peggy's like, well, you know, it's a, should we wake her up? And he realized that he forgot the teddy bear back at work. No, it fell off so, his moped. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was he, so and we also find out in this moment that what the kid really wanted was a dollhouse. Yes. So, so he needed to get her a present. So he just went and, and grabbed the, bo- the glowing jewelry box and put it in a plastic bag. Yeah, that was weird. And, and, and gave it to her. And the little girl was like, wait, did you get groceries? <laughs> Why are you giving me a plastic bag? Well, so she never, saw, she never saw this thing on the shelf before? It's pretty high up. But yeah, that, that, yeah. I questioned that in the okay. moment too. Because you're a kid, you you you're familiar with everything that's that's around. Usually. Yeah. And then he give, he gives her the box, and she can't open the box. Yeah. So then Peggy says, "Go pack a bag for Grandma's." And then Peggy turns to to Bernard or Bernie, as they also called him, and she turned to Bernie, and she's like, uh, "No, Bernie, you're not coming. I don't want you to come." <laughs> And so then, um, and so then, oh, then the little girl, it's like, tells her dad, mom says you're a selfish bastard. Yeah. I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, I Damn. wouldn't have gotten away with that. No. So now this next part. So, so this next part, I really don't understand. Because the next day, Bernie's talking to Alan Cunning, his boss. And he's like, I need time to fix my marriage. And Alan Cummings fires him. Yeah, I didn't really understand that well, either because I, he, he was asking for some time off. No, he wasn't fi- firing because of that. He was ready to fire him anyway because he asked him to come into the office to speak to him. Oh. He was going to fire oh. him because the presentation that he made Bernie stay late for the night before where he misses the, the daughter's birthday, the presentation didn't go well. No. Oh. But that wasn't Bernie's fault because the, the guy, the boss just showed up. Yes, but they, they were making him like a cartoonish villain. Like he, the way he flamboyantly fires him is so fucking degrading. And uh-huh. then there are some other like cartoonish things of he's so evil that happen later in the movie too that are ridiculous. Yeah, he's like yeah. Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. Before, before Scrooge, Scrooge redeems himself. Yeah. So, so, so then Bernie comes home and Mark Marin is his doorman. And the, the, and the doorman actually likes Bernie and invites him over. And then he talks about his cats. So the doorman has a lot of cats and Mark Marin in real life has yep. a lot of cats. Yeah. And, and uh, he's talking about uh, parallel universes. Yes. Which they frankly could have used as a plot yes. point because they bring it up again later in the movie too. So I'm wondering if on one of the scripts it was about a parallel universe. Maybe. I'm wondering if this is originally kind of going to be more like a it's a wonderful life sort of a thing. Maybe. 
we liked Mark Maron in To Leslie. Yes, he was very good in that. I'm a huge Mark Maron fan. I listen to the Mark Maron podcast all the time. Yeah, the one he did recently with um, Albert Brooks. Yes, I listen to that. that. I just watched that documentary. Well, this serves as a serves as a companion to that documentary. Which I, I can't believe that Albert Brooks's dad died at the Friars Club in the middle of a roast. Yeah. Oh, did he? I don't think I got to that. Oh, yes. That. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It, like he died in the middle of a wow. roast. I love and they kept it, And they kept it going. <laughs> I love that his real name is Albert. Show. His real name is actually Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because his brother was Bob Einstein, Super Bob. Yeah. Or, what was Super it? Dave Osborne. Was Bob? No, Dave. Oh yeah, yeah, Dave Einstein. So, so, so anyway, Bernie goes. He opens the jewelry box. The genie comes out. Melissa, Melissa pops out of the genie box. Well, he did rub and it. rubbed it like a lamp. Yeah, and and then he asks her how she gets in there, and then we have like a flashback, and so she's like stealing from a sorcerer, and a sorcerer puts her in there. She's dressed like a pirate when she mm-hmm. comes out, which it was supposed to be two thousand years ago, and it looked more like the pirates from like Captain Morgan or something. Oh, yeah. just a, just a. Just to correct myself, so it is Bob Einstein created the character Super Dave Osborne. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, yes. and, and correction for you, Les. So the last time she was out of the box was about 2,000 years ago, but that's not when she was originally put in the box, and that's what this little flashback was. Oh. She's been out of the box more than once. Yeah, because she met Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That was 2,000 years ago. Okay, that part I liked when she's like, that Mary's was kid? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that, that, I, I got genuine laughs out of me for that. She's like, I thought he was, I thought he was, she's like the one with no job. <laughs> I was, she didn't say that. I was wondering where they're going to go with that because, uh, you know, tread, tread lightly with a lot of people who are watching this, this movie especially I think especially if you're is, doing a Christmas movie a mass right, appeal yeah, right. Christmas movie yeah this is made for the heartland to you know a, a degree oh so so then um, he's talking to her and then he's like I, w- I wish what did he say well he didn't believe that she was real at first he thought she was an intruder so she's like you get wishes like to have a wish but and then she he sits to the three wishes and she's like he's like the three wish rule doesn't really count except it counts in this way like i still don't understand the wish rules i don't yeah because cuz that's right cuz remember she was like at cuz she was like three the three wish rule doesn't count and you get unlimited wishes but then there was right. th- things where the three wish rule did count and then there were certain parameters around, like, the kinds of wishes you could make. Right. And also there weren't. Yeah. There were and there weren't. Well. One of them was time travel. Time travel not allowed until it right. was. Until it was. And, and then, like, he wished for a camel and a camel popped up. And she's like, well, everybody always wishes for a camel. And then we, we cut to Peggy at her mom's house. And she's talking to her mom. Who is oh, that? Was her pretty mom. Mom. I did. I, I, that was her sister. I'm sorry. That was her mom. I, I didn't. I that was her mom. mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I did like the little bit about um the genie not knowing how to he he used air quotes for something and she's like what's that and then she tried using it a few times and just kept getting it wrong like how to use the air quotes. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, I missed that. Oh. Um. Oh, so then, yeah, so, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, oh, oh, so then he's telling her about his boss and what happened, and she's like, you want me to kill him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was going to go kill him, like, she was going to stab him. 
Oh, and then another that. rule because he wished for something about his wife, and she's like, wishes can't change a person's feelings. Yeah. And, and then we find out that the genie's real name is Flora. And then it's, he it's that he Flora Gwendolyn Lockheed Firepit McAllister. Yeah. I yeah. do feel like that last last name was a, a nod to Home Alone. The McAllister oh, family. Yeah. They're probably all references to, to something. Yeah. I didn't look sure. them up. But. So then he wished that he was at his mother-in-law's house. So then they pop over to his mother-in-law's house. Um, Peggy, Peggy pops out because she's like, what are you doing here? And he introduces Flora as a friend of his from work. It just came uh, from a Ren fair. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got a lot of laughs out of this. I think I got like one there, it, like, laugh. Melissa like had some funny bit, like they had some funny bits just around her sort of fish out of water aspect. Um, yeah. To me, that that's where the actual comedy came from, uh, but like you know, they're doing this fantasy movie and couldn't figure out the rules to their own fantasy. Right. See, like, to me, the most McCarthy comedy was kind of trying too hard. It was like, well, if you've never, I don't know, wasn't wasn't my because it was like her changing outfits, like she's different characters. Have we gotten to that yet? I guess not. Not yet. Not yet, but we will oh. soon. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's in different outfits, and she looks like. But that was a makeover hat. montage. So maybe you like it. It's it, not my cup of tea. It was a makeover like, montage nice. of sorts, and it it did that at least followed the rules and followed the the it helped sure. helped the story in that she needed to blend in and not look like this crazy person from a run fair just walking around every day. Right. But she's also oblivious to like what is quote unquote normal. Look, if I'm watching. Dr. Strangelove or Olita, and I see Peter Sellers actually doing different characters. That's amazing. But Melissa McCarthy just in different outfits, looking like different characters. I mean, look, I, I've, I've already seen the best. But she wasn't playing other characters. She was playing herself, trying to blend in by wearing these other mm -hmm. outfits. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is I just didn't find that, that entertaining. It just looked like she was trying... Too hard, I guess. That wasn't working. I don't mean to be a Scrooge here. No, no, no. I, I, well, there is something coming up that I did think was amusing. So Okay. Because they go back to his house. I redeem myself. He wishes for a pizza, and I wrote here in my notes, Kirk would have wished for a cake. I know. That was cute because she's, she's like, she, she picks, she's like, I'm used to like, uh, I'm used to like pick, getting a fish out of the, the river or whatever, which I did think, yeah, that may, that, that probably would be better if you're used to like grabbing like a piece of an animal and chewing it up and then you just give somebody a pizza. But then she's like this is just, how did she describe it? She's like, this is just like a red like, kind of red like a limp something. something. A limp yeah. something, yeah. And then of course she, okay. she takes a bite of it and is like blown away at how good it is. He, then he introduces her to Spotify and then, then she walks in. To, she walks in while he's on the toilet, mm -hmm. taking a dump. And and then this is. And then later he's like, "No, we need to do something about your clothes." And this is when she has her little makeover montage. Thank God he wasn't masturbating, right? They go to Bloomingdale. Disagree. Like, um, what's that? Disagree. Like I would have been okay with him masturbating. Oh, you would have been okay, yeah. He's, he's, well, it's supposed to appeal to the heart. He's, he's, he's trying to rub the genie out of the bottle, you know what I'm saying? Damn. <laughs> oh. I, so, nice. So, so, what did you, so what did you guys think about her eating sand sanitizer? I'm still stuck on the genie on the bottle. I, I, like, I, I liked did. her eating the hand sanitizer. I liked her trying to eat his iPhone. It was okay. It was okay. I was all right with it. I did like when they walked by the gym and she thought that there was torture. That That's was funny, what too. I thought was funny. The, that I got... That I I kind of laughed at that. Got <laughs> <laughs> some exercise equipment. She's like, oh, I thought this, this torture was over. <laughs> yeah, like she, she she goes, I will avenge thee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was funny. That was it, though. No, I'm out of. So then this is the so then this is the part they were talking about Jesus. 
and like you know yeah because he's explaining christmas to her like what it is and like why it's such a big deal and why everything you know it's all like decked out throughout the city and then he's like you know it's you know now it's this commercial thing but it used to have to do with with uh this um person named jesus she's like mary's kid (laughs) <laughs> that, I thought that was wait funny. that oh yeah how Jesus is the son of God is it like, Mary's kid I thought he was lying about that <laughs> I was trying to think of a logic so who is she if she's alive when 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 Jesus is around who is she with who's who she's granting wishes to because isn't she always sort of yeah. like a servant well she was of- I guess that so she was Mary's friend she would hang she out knows, with Mary I she guess. knows Mary yeah. She was at the Last Supper. We we learn from a visual later in the movie. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see. That. Yeah. Is there's a there's a there's a, yeah. a visual later in the movie in the museum. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um. All right. And she so <laughs> we find we find out later in the movie that Jesus wanted to open a restaurant with her. Yeah. <laughs> How did I miss this? I would just watch the whole movie. I would have my undivided attention. So, so so then so then they did this thing with Santa. The kids were all lining up to see Santa and then they started making the letting the kids get what they wanted. So there was like a toy montage and like a kid got a horse and stuff. Well, all right, let's get that horse home. Yeah. Then they went to see Mission Impossible. Well then there's a then there's basically a commercial for AMC. Yes. AMC, Mission Impossible. Um, she had a crush on Tom Cruise. Yeah, because she had never, yeah, obviously, never been to a movie before. So she's watching this, thinking that like Tom Cruise is a giant and he's stomping yeah. all these things on the screen, and uh, doesn't realize that he's like a normal sized person. Although I yeah. do think that was like sort of a dig at Tom Cruise's height. Yes. Yeah. Nine oh nine sixty. Okay. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Ask your room number. Just came over to see what I see what I was doing. Oh, should I edit that out of the podcast? Are you worried about people uh, tracking you down? No, you can keep it. Ed. Okay. Who who was asking you? Oh, what did the like the 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 reservations guy have him on the show what room are you in yeah oh that desperate for guests <laughs> someone just walked by i'm in the i'm in i'm in the middle of the lobby i'll show you yeah oh, okay i don't see anybody they have, they have a christmas tree it's a large lobby it is it is oh uh, um oh oh um what was i gonna say okay well, so then what did you guys think about him? Okay. Oh, Mark, Mark Marin is like into her and like hitting on her. They, yeah. this is another thing where I think there was a rewriter or something of the script because they have this moment where they're connecting and it, it sort of hinted that like, I feel like I know you from somewhere, but like both sides sort of intimated that. Yeah. And okay. And we learn that, you know, she's a genie and has been to all these different places and times. We learn that he's been talking about alternate universes. He brings it up again here. So I thought for sure he was somebody that she had helped or met in a previous life or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was missing. Yeah. Because the same. Because he, he made it a point to talk about alternate universes too. Yeah. Okay. Um. So so. She's washing so then her hair. And she puts her head in in the toilet. In the yeah. toilet. And then she gets him a sports car. Cool. She gets him a sports car. Lambo. Then um. Then he shows up at at his little girl's school. And and he apologizes to Peggy. Because Peggy's picking the girl up at school. Peggy's then, Julie, right? Yeah. And then Peggy gets him to pick the girl up at school. Yeah, but then Johnny shows up. 
and, and Peggy, like Peggy, did not let let me grass grow under her feet. I Peggy think Johnny, like, Johnny's harking the pink pickle. I think yeah, they. But- I think that was a misdirect for the audience. I think they were trying to make it seem like. Not even that she's moved on, just you want him to be jealous for a minute that maybe she's already moving on. But he was better looking than Johnny. Oh, much. Um, oh, 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 I lost my place for a minute. I just wanted to say oh, so then, big pickle, so I'm just happy I had that opportunity. So, so, then, so, so then he's so he is getting a little jealous of Johnny, though. But then he wanted to come by. She's like, they were like, well, why don't you, uh, Peggy's like, why don't you come by over the weekend and you can spend more time with Eve, the daughter. And then, the, and then the genie goes invisible and trips Johnny as he's walking away. Yeah. So, so then she walks in and Mark Marin like hits on her again. Mm-hmm. And... And she was like, oh, he looks like he's fun. <laughs> and then and then uh, Bernie was like, oh, he has a lot of cats. And she's like, oh, they're delicious. Oh, yeah, so I guess she eats cats. Yeah. So then Bernie's family comes over. Well, like out of the blue, the doorbell rings and like his entire yeah. family all arrives at the same time at his door. Yeah. Because I guess he and forgot then, that he had a dinner party planned with them. Yeah. It's a very mainstream movie thing to happen. Yeah. So everybody and, is. And his family are all horrible people. Yes. Horrible. Because then he tells, he tells the family that Flora is a genie and they start making their wishes and their wishes are like awful. <laughs> what? So yeah. I, I, what I liked about this scene is that Flora immediately like stepped in and she's like, Oh, I'm his chef that he hired for the dinner. Or he said that. So she was all dressed up like Suki from the Gilmore girls, her old yes. character, uh, making food. And then they grant the wishes. But what, why was this scene in the movie? What I don't understand purpose did this scene serve at all because we never see or hear from these people again it doesn't move the story along one bit nothing comes out of them finding out that flora is a genie i think they originally tried pitching this movie to eddie murphy as like a clumps kind of scenario where eddie murphy was going to play all those characters right oh you're right Hmm. okay because it literally would have been like the clumps. Yeah. Like if it was all Eddie Murphy's. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Like Eddie Murphy as because the main guy, the, you know? Because then the one part that was kind of disturbing a little bit when she was like, you can go to hell. And like he comes back from it, she sends him to hell. Yeah. But if it was like a clumps like Eddie Murphy playing all the parts, that would have been totally funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of interesting what the the level this movie is on because this in this movie hell so hell exists heaven exists jesus jesus exists and yet this mysticism uh, also exists oh and then they said the devil looked like ricky gervais <laughs> yeah yeah that was a solid joke it's okay this is solid. i didn't say funny but yeah, this you could take this scene out of this movie and it changes nothing about the outcome of this movie. Nothing. And then the husband, he he tell his wish is that his wife can't speak anymore, so he can't hear her anymore. Yeah. Well, that's when she was like, "You can go to hell." Yeah, then she sends him to hell. So. Then this next part, they could have a spinoff movie where it's it's his story in hell. Yeah. Then this is where the movie turned really weird because first they're talking about Tom Cruise and they're doing what would Tom Cruise do, and then she fixes the house up, and then she called it wishing impossible. (laughs) So stupid. Yeah. Cute. And she's putting up pictures of Tom Cruise as well. Yeah. 
But they did this thing because, like, he had this T-shirt of this uh, – it was a soccer player, right? Somebody from sports. It was like a sports jersey. He had this this jersey on the wall. And so – Yeah, it was like a framed one, like a signed framed one. And she's fixing the house up. And so her thing was, oh, come on. You know, your wife doesn't like this. You need to, you should switch it for something else that your wife likes. And so then she switches it with the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Like the actual Mona Lisa. Lisa. Like the actual Mona Lisa. And what had happened, this movie was so off the rails at this point. Because the, the minute it happens... Somebody in the Louvre notices that there's like a jersey hanging on the wall instead of the Mona Lisa. And it, like Paris goes apeshit over this. It's like front page news around the world. It made it right. was ridiculous. And then, and then Peggy. But meanwhile, Peggy brings the daughter home. Um. They show her, you know, one of the things that they made her during the house makeover is they made her this fabulous dollhouse. So, so she's playing with the doghouse. She she's very the daughter's very uh-huh. happy. Then um, we see, you know, Melissa's like hitting on Mark Marin again. And the daughter's happy with her grandmother because the, uh, with her grand, with her dad, the daughter's happy with her dad because she's like, he used to be a selfish bastard, but he's not anymore. And then um, he, he, he invites Peggy over, right? And yeah, well, you know, Pe- yeah, Peggy is- agrees to come over. And then they're doing this whole romantic thing with drinks and fireworks. It was like a drone show. Yeah. There was a big show going on outside. Yeah. yeah. But then he invites her, he invites Peggy to spend the Christmas Eve, and Peggy's like, well, no, you can spend it with our daughter. Yeah. Well, if he, like, they're about to kiss, and then Peggy, like, self cock blocks. And yeah. she's like, actually, we just start figuring out how things are going to work long term. Yeah. So so then, um, how do we? How did so? So Bernie goes out for a second. How did the house catch on fire? So because, yeah. yeah. Well, so in addition to everything we the audience get to see on screen, Flora tells him like, "Oh, I I save my best stuff for the bedroom." And there's like an like a bearskin rug with like a giant bear head sticking out of it. There's rose petals, and then there was a band that she had hiding in the kitchen. And then mm-hmm. the neighbors like banging on the door because the uh there's smoke because the kitchen's on fire because Flora was cooking on an open pit. <laughs> So so then the fire department comes over and they see the Mona Lisa in the living room. They immediately recognize it as this much clearly in this New York City apartment in the middle of this fire. This clearly must be that actual stolen Mona Lisa that we've heard about on the news. Right. There was a um, there was a, a 60 minutes on last week. So this is this is related to this where they're, they're talking about all these stolen stolen like ancient statues and some family opened up their home for like architectural magazine mm-hmm. to take pictures of the house and it's all pictures and the pictures are all this stolen statues oh wow that's crazy actually you know a couple of weeks ago I went to a, I went to a Christmas party at someone's house and they had a Basquiat <laughs> oh wow that's oh, really? cool they had an original Basquiat Mm-hmm. Somebody's got a Picasso in New York. If you walk down, it's like you walk down like Fourth Street, you walk through the village, and you you look at somebody's window, and they have they apparently have an original Picasso. Somebody told me that as we were walking. They said, <laughs> look, look, you could see original Picasso. There it is. It's in that house right there, just on the street level, so everybody can see. Somebody owns it. Somebody owns it. Picasso is in the house. So this is where then the movie goes bonkers because then this is the where? police show up. They take Bernie to jail for stealing then, the Mona Lisa. 
That's not. I feel like the Mona Lisa. Yeah. The Mona Lisa. So then it turns into like a cop show all of a sudden because this cop is just like going to burn. Like this cop just has a Jones on to nail Bernie yeah. to ground. Louis Guzman, yeah. And and the reason Flora isn't around, by the way, is because Flora is off watching Top Gun Maverick because she thought that Bernie was going to have this romantic night. Yeah. So then Flora shows up. She talks to Louis Guzman. And, and then he puts her in jail, too. But then when he's like, you're going to be stuck in a box and da da da, she's like, oh, well, sounds familiar to me. But she was in a, you know, she's, in a, she's been in a box. Yeah. So he's really mean. He wants to nail her and him. And then he's counting down the days until he gets transferred to the main prison. I thought it was where the, 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 the questioning, Luis Gosma had a tape recorder that looked like the tape recorder like I had in like 1981. Yeah. So, so then... So then he wishes that everything is switched back. And so then Melissa, the genie switches the pictures back. And so then when the picture shows up at the police station, it's the Jersey. Yeah. So he has to let them go. So I was like, what was the point of this whole thing? Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of this movie. Maybe it works for some people. Maybe it's like a background movie you could have on and something happens for a little while and that's it. So, so then Peggy, Peggy brings the little girl over and then the little girl finally, because it's like, why is this woman in our house? Who is this? Yeah. The, the, gir- the girl literally question. says, like, it's weird that this random lady is living at the house all of a sudden. Right. Now, what so- if... What? How do you think it would be perceived if it wasn't instead of Melissa McCarthy? Let's say it was Blake Lively in the house. And what if, like, he sh- mm. what if he shows up with Blake Lively at his um his wife's house? Is is she, do you think she'd react a little differently? Yeah, we'd have black hoodies. We'd have Vivica A. Fox showing up. Look, look like you picked the wrong genie. Yeah, it would have been a different movie for sure. I think it would have been a little more suspicious because nobody ever suspects that he's ro- romantically involved with this woman who is now living with him. Right. Oh, so then they tell they tell the little girl that she's a genie, and the little girl asks about a magic carpet, and they take her on a magic carpet ride, which I think looks terrifying. I would have been scared to death. Yeah. Could you imagine? On a magic carpet? I'd love it. You'd love riding around a magic carpet flying through the yeah, air. Yeah, like York. after the first couple of seconds where you're like, oh, I'm not going to fall off of this because it's magic, I'm safe, then I wouldn't be worried. Yeah. Versus like awesome. getting in a car that's out of control. I know how cars work, and unless I think the person driving has a handle on things then yeah, I'm scared. So, so, okay, so then this next part was weird too because she, um, he gets, the, the way that he gets revenge on Alan Cummings is there's a donation made it was like for kids, right? For a hundred million dollars. Yeah, they basically one of Bernie's wishes is he wishes that or calls in like a donation on Mister Flaxman's behalf for his entire fortune to be given to charity, and then like all the press is outside of the Flaxman auction house, like ready to interview him about it. And instead of just saying like, "No, I didn't authorize that," he like gets scared and goes inside. Yeah, so then he's basically giving away all of his money. But he could just said, I didn't agree to that. Yeah. So then, what, 
So then one of Bernie's wishes is he wishes for Florida to be free, which is like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was nice. So then I actually this teared up with that. Yeah, I was like, oh, good for him. But then this is where the rules get weird because then she's like, okay, so now that I'm free, a lot of people realize that once I leave, that there's wishes that they forgot. So once I leave, you get three wishes. You get three extras, but that's it. After she leaves. Okay. Yeah. But that was weird that, like, that's how all of a sudden, so there are only three wishes. Now, did he accidentally wish her away? Yes. That's where I was a little confused. Yes. Yes. And I have thoughts on that, too. Because when they're saying, so when they're saying their goodbyes, because, well, it was weird because, like, they've become close and she's helped him, you know, not through just through wishes, but, like, they they get along and he's her best friend now. Um, They're saying goodbye, like, hey, I am done with you in my life. I, you're so important to me, but you're, you're moving on. I'm never going to see you again. And so they uh-huh. throw away the box, the jewelry box in the trash. And then they start talking about how the rules are different on the wishes. Also, remember I told you time travel. A time travel actually is real. And like you can do it, but we don't tell people about that because some really dangerous stuff can happen and it gets confusing. So I thought for sure that the way what they were going to do is when he wished her away in this moment, we were going to because he then wishes to go back in time to that night when he missed the, the ice skating birthday. So if we go back in time to that point, the jewelry box still would have existed in the apartment. All right. They should have uh-huh. jumped back to that, used that to either bring the genie back or maybe he gifts it to his daughter and the daughter discovers the genie. Then you've got sequel after right. sequel. Right. We don't want sequel after sequel. But then it looked like for and for a minute, because then it showed the box when, it, when he wished her away, she disappeared. And then it showed the box lighting up in the garbage can. And I thought, Oh, did he accidentally wish her back into the box? And that's what I thought too. That's why I thought, Oh, he wished her back in the box, but she'll get out because we'll, we'll eventually get to that point in time where he has the box again. Yeah. Where did she go then? To make a pizza, yeah. make, to make pizzas. <laughs> So she went, so she disappeared and, and she, she landed on another block in New York. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that doesn't. Because cause he has to go back in time and then, you know, he redoes everything and then they go out to dinner and that's he when he knows. He has three more wishes, and he wishes to get one of the wishes is to get a table at a restaurant, and another wish is to get um, so a peanut get, butter sandwich, peanut butter sandwich, and ice cream. That's one of his three wishes. Yeah, yeah. Wasteful, wasteful wishing. Yeah, and then what was it? It was three months. What was it? Three months later, or it yeah, was three months later. Three months later. Three months later, he goes to buy pizza. Like there, he's hanging out at home. Peggy sends him to go get pizza. New doorman. He goes to the pizza place. And the doorman is a different man. Yeah. And then he goes to the pizza place, and it's Mark Marin, which I had no idea Mark Marin even wanted to own a pizza place. Did he even mention that? No. Never. No. Never. And, and, <laughs> wait, we don't know if they own the pizza place. Do they just work there? What's going on? No, I think Mark Marin owned it. And and oh, and the genie was making pizzas in the bed, and she was making pizzas. This didn't make any sense. No. And she and Mark Marin were married, I guess. No, they never said they were married. They were definitely together. They were a couple. They were a couple for sure. And she was well, dressed, and she was dressed nicely, so you could tell that she owned the joint because she dressed. She was dressed like she owned, it. She owned the okay. joint. And well, that was it. I I didn't think it was like I said. I don't think it was my my cup of tea going in. I I don't I don't know if it quite worked, even for what they were aiming for. No, maybe some people would like it. I don't know. Like I said, it 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 was not without its charms. There were things about it that I could see one liking, but as a as a whole, it was bad. 
It was dumb. And I was watching it. I was watching it on a layover. So for me, it killed two hours and it was entertaining because literally I finished the movie and it was time for me to board the plane. So it like killed time. So I yeah. liked it. It's a good, it's a good, like relatively mindless kind of movie you can watch on a flight and not be like super angry that you wasted your time because you were on a flight anyway. Plus right. your brain's bobbing around in midair. You'd have a whole different appreciation. I watched one of those Batman versus Superman movies on a flight and I liked it. Yeah. Now on my flight, I watched Happy That's Death good. Day. Have you guys seen Happy Death Day? No. Oh, it sounds very cheerful. With, with well, it was it was stuff. it was kind of like it was kind of like Groundhog's Day, except for every day this this woman would get murdered and wake up again and keep on reliving oh. the murder. Like it sounds like Russian murdered. Doll. I'm not watching that. It actually kind of was. It actually was like Russian Doll. But it was. This was set on a college campus, of course. Oh, I think I did see this. I feel like I saw it. And then I watched seasons one and half of season two of Barry, which I really like. Yeah, that's great. What's the whole season? Yeah. See, a season just, and a half. Oh, so you're just watching stuff flight. the whole flight? Okay. It was. A, it was an international flight, so. <laughs> But now I'm hooked and I need to like finish it. Good thing I have Max. Do you sit, so you sit next to John. Do you guys like share um, a headphone? No, we don't. No, we do not. Do you guys have similar tastes in the the entertainment that you consume or do you have very different tastes? Certain things we do, certain, certain things we do, but then he's into more like like the big like bake off i can't stand that show okay. he loves that show and he's That's he's more into like historical stuff too so he was watching he was watching something else entirely anywho oh my god we did this in an hour yeah. it's three in the morning i need to go to bed this movie would make for like a good, like an old, old school made for TV movie. Yeah. Oh, with like, yeah. with like James Seymour or like, like, yeah. um, it's probably good for, it would have been, it would have been good for something like that. Here's like Delta Burke or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It should have been on that level. Like, honestly, if this was, I would say sort of in the same wheelhouse as that, um, shoe addicts Christmas. Oh, which is still one of my favorite, yeah, Christmas movies. Like, I think I think we would have judged this less harshly if it were on Hallmark and didn't star as big a movie star as Melissa McCarthy. Yes, I true. So. I agree. I agree. This, this seemed like a big swing on a softball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to put it. Ugh. Anywho, speaking of soft, I need a soft bed. So if you want to find me, you can find me at my website, leskirkandallbarrett.com. Jason. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars. It helps more people find us so they can hear what we had to say about Genie. And you can find all of us on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Big... uh, That's mine. You can find all of us on Instagram, Facebook, and threads at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And find me on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Big Shot Jason. Kurt? Well, I want to say, since it's the holidays, I want to say how much I appreciate Jason Bowers, and I appreciate Les Carcadolf Barrett, and I appreciate this podcast. That's that's what I'm saying. Thank you. I appreciate you, too. And we appreciate you, too. And, yes, in the new year, we have some I, we have some potential plans. Yeah, Les and I discussed something. Yeah. We'll tell you off the air, Kurt. I don't want oh, to yeah. spill it yet, but I, I have an idea that I want to run yes, by you. And it's a good one. It's a yeah. very good one. Yeah. That audience. Oh, I by the, the way, Kurt, yes. did you get our picture? Did you get our yes. picture that we took with the wrong Prince Charming <laughs> yeah. in the background? Bartender? Yes. Yeah, and like Les that. and I were in onesies. Oh, we, oh, that's what we should have talked about. We should have talked about yes. that. Oh, too late now. Well, no, we're right yes, here. Jason, it was a onesie party. Yeah. Jason had a onesie party. If I went to that, I would have to purchase a onesie. I don't have a onesie. Kurt, I have spares. 
Oh, great. I have plenty of onesies. <laughs> I, I own like 10 adult onesies. It was very comfortable that night. Yeah. Although it was warm because it was a warm night that night. Like everyone was like dying when we went down to the bars. Yes. And onesies. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was what like it was like an 80 degree day that day. Yeah. Who it definitely got too hot. Who was dressed as a cow? That was John. Oh, John was that a was cow. My John one. was a cow, yeah. That was a bit of fine. I was an elf. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everyone. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yes. And I guess we'll see you in 2024, which is in, what, a week and a half? Or maybe we before then. We, we might squeeze another in. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's, let's try to squeeze another one in. A New Year's Eve episode? Yeah, or something. All right. Well, anyway, I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.